tempesta e l'aria fresca paresana festa che bella cosa una sole Vesuvius Network. Uh, I've been away. I have not been here for a while. I think it's been somewhere around a month where we've posted another podcast. Um, it has nothing to do with Napoli uh, not <laughs> not defending their title, I guess. Um, and it has everything to do with life. Life just gets in the way. You know, work, family, a bunch of things. Um Holidays. It was the holidays, and I hope everybody had a very happy, healthy, safe holiday. Um, happy New Year to everybody. It's 2024. This is our first episode of 2024, and it is actually the network's 300th episode. I want to thank everybody that has been part of uh, Far From Vesuvius uh, now and in the past. Uh, you all know who you are, but... Uh, I specifically want to thank Henry and Michele for posting uh, another, or for recording another uh, edition, the 41st episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio, so that's out right now, you can check that out. Um, But what happened, uh, so that was actually episode 299, and as I was posting it, I realized it, but something happened the other day, actually, Um, you know, I'm in various chat groups, and uh, you know, I, 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 I give my opinions here and there on social media and on chats and stuff like that. And um, a buddy of mine reached out to me and said, hey, let's let's give them what they want. Because in a couple of the chats we were, you know, people were discussing how the uh, uh, Joe Fischetti's Forza Napoli podcast and the Napoli rant being dissolved, being no more, has a lot to do with Napoli's misfortune. So... Joe uh, messaged me and said, "Hey, let's uh, let's give them what they want. Let's let's record a show. Let's do it on your platform." And you know, it was to be two ninety nine. And then Henry and Michaela said, "Hey, I got a show. Uh, can you post it?" And there we are, three hundred. And I, I gotta say, it's a fitting way to do episode three hundred. But we will be moving on from there. Uh, and we have a lot in store. You know, I say that a lot, but actually, this time <laughs> we're going to be coming through with uh some of the things i say here we're we're gonna do a lot more content a lot more things but um yeah so joe of the fortsonopoly pod now defunct fortsonopoly pod had set aside some time to sit and talk with me and uh there's a lot to talk about so i'll allow you guys the chance to enjoy the next hour or so of my chat with the incomparable joe fischetti that's it from me here i'll see you again soon ciao fortsonopoly Man, I'm rusty. (laughs) (laughs) Same here, man. (laughs) 
everybody. I'm here with the legendary, the one and only Joe Fischetti. Uh Joe, man. I like like I mentioned before, it's just been too long. It's been too long since you've been on. It's too long since I've been on. Uh, you know, I think I think this break was necessary. Um you know, in, in real life and for the sake of Napoli and their fans and things like that. And I know people want to hear from us, but, but I mean, you've retired recently, but here you are and, and gracious enough to come in with me um, to, to talk about what's going on the current state of Napoli. But first, how are you? How's it going, Joe? What, what have you been up to? <laughs> hey, Rob. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's, as usual, always a pleasure to talk about Napoli. It's, especially when I haven't done it for a little while, but you know, yeah. things are personally, things are great, crazy busy with life. Right. Uh, as we all are, obviously collectively as a fan base, we're struggling a little bit. And uh, you know, these are the times that, that I think really test our fandom. Right. And you know, you and I have seen way worse than this, so maybe it's a bit easier, but for some of uh, the fans that maybe started following and more recently, this is kind of new territory, even maybe even worse than the mutiny or, or close to it, right? So uh, I think this was timely for, I joke to you that I think we need to have a conversation between a couple of old timers, right? <laughs> because, yes. uh, you know, more than a few people reached out to both of us to, to highlight that since the rant ended and since uh, Forza Napoli pod ended, uh, it seems like Napoli kind of ended as well and, and <laughs> skydived or nosedived uh, off a cliff. So uh, happy to be back. Hopefully we can help people get through this a little bit, put some people's minds at ease. And even even just talking about the disaster that is Napoli right now, let's face it, it's a disaster. But, you know, what I found, and I'm sure you would agree, was that uh, the show was kind of therapeutic both for us as hosts and for the listeners. So happy to be back uh, for this episode. Well, I'm very happy to have you here, um, especially for this episode, which marks Far From Vesuvius's 300th podcast in our, uh, what is it, five or six year history. Um, you know, between all the shows that we've done and all the little specials that we've done, this is number 300. So I'm very happy to that, that it's you that's on with me and... Uh, um, you know, I, I thank uh, the guys from uh, In the Shadow of Vesuvio who who posted the two ninety nine yesterday. I, that was another thing, Joe. I was like, you know, and, and I'll admit this to you. I've admitted it to you off the air, but I'll tell everybody. I've actually had two or three podcasts recorded that are still in edit that have not been released and at this point is useless to release. Um, just, you know, trying to get through the holiday it it did serve as a ther- therapy session for me and i've always said that with the rant like 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 coming on here and speaking with with people with you know people like you people like biz people just people in the community is super therapeutic and even doing that and not posting it i kind of got a sense of like therapy from it and um but we're lucky that i didn't post those so that the stars aligned that today was the day we did number 300 um Again, thank you to Henry and Michaela for in the shadow of Vesuvio for finally recording themselves uh, and putting out a pretty decent show. Uh, there's a few things I'd like to touch on what Michaela and Henry spoke about. I'm not sure if you heard it, Joe, but uh, we'll get to it. Uh, it all kind of falls together, right? I mean, uh, um, whether you heard it or not, but um, okay. So I guess, guys, since the last time I've 
recorded and posted, uh, Napoli have not been so good, right? And I would like for um, everybody to understand and know that, no, the reason why I've taken a sort of a break from posting and recording is not because of Napoli not doing good. I, I'm there for the good and for the bad. We are blessed, Joe, you and I, and a couple of others in this community to have been doing this consistently. And our Scudetto came. I feel like our moment came, you know, and it all happened while we were d- doing our podcasts, our shows, and, and everything like that. And, and, and I feel like we've served the community well. Um, this has just been a break because life gets in the way. Like you mentioned, the reason you've, you know, retired from podcasting for now and, 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 you know, it has nothing to do with the poor form, the poor results, the poor everything at Napoli right now. Um, but, uh, here we are. And I mean, I don't even know where to begin at this point because I think the last time we recorded, uh, Napoli actually won a game, and it was against Atalanta. I think it was in the Champions League as well. Um, you know, we we uh, we've qualified for the round of sixteen in the Champions League, um, but we have not been able to make us any sort of better or like reflect that situation onto the league. And even in Copa, uh, uh, obviously Rudy Garcia was fired. Walter Mazzotti came back in. We, um, we've got a very poor record against Mazzotti. Maybe we should start with that. Um, Mazzotti coming in to fix things that Garcia, in my opinion, messed up. Uh, and it hasn't really been good. Uh, do you think it was fair for a guy like Walter Mazzotti to come in and try to right the ship? Um, do you think he had any chance in hell of riding the ship from the beginning? I know there's a lot of people out there that lambast him, but at the same time, who would have thought in June that we would have not only a new manager, but a second new manager and it be Mazzotti? I don't even think he would have thought that. Do you think it's fair that he gets the criticism that he gets, especially the way he had to start his Napoli second Napoli journey? It's a tough one. Um, I think, you know, I was critical of the appointment when it happened. I, I thought, you know, looking at his recent stints at other clubs where he hadn't accomplished much, I felt like it was just the latest poor decision in a sequence of poor decisions. Uh, you know, the biggest one being the appointment of Garcia. But I feel like now we have had enough of a sample size under Mazzari to be critical of him as well. And I get, you know, he was brought in in extremely difficult circumstances. You know, he seemed to have, uh, Garcia, that is, seemed to have lost the dressing room when he was sacked and Mazzari was appointed. He's had to deal with lots of injury absences and now players off at AFCON, so a limited squad. And also, of course, he had a very difficult schedule to start his return with Atalanta, Juve, Real Madrid, uh, Inter, I think, was the other one. So, you know, I was willing to give him time. I, I didn't like the decision, but I still, once he was appointed, I supported him. Just like a lot of people, and, you know, I'll be the first to admit I was completely wrong about Garcia, but... You know, my justification at the time of the appointment of Garcia was, well, you know what? Spalletti didn't have much 
recent success before he was appointed. He came to Napoli, and within two seasons, he won the Scudetto. So on that basis, I was willing to give Garcia a chance, and it didn't work out either, and, and that put Mazzotti in a difficult position. And then, of course, there's also the challenge of having just limited options, right? You know, there are not too many coaches that want to take over midseason, it's a, especially for a struggling team, let alone a team that just won a Serie yeah, A for the first time in 33 years. Of course, if we could all choose, it would be someone like Antonio Conte, but he made it pretty clear that he was not going to come midseason. And now, who knows if he'll come at all. I mean, we can perhaps talk about that later. But now, you know, you look at our recent performances, even the Coppa Italia match against Frosinone, I'm probably willing to to be, you know, I was fine with it just because we clearly deprioritized that competition. We we started a, almost an entirely B team. Yes, we brought in the starters and and we actually conceded all our goals after we started bringing the starters in for that match. But that was, to me, it was it was a matter of circumstance. We conceded on a set piece, on a corner kick, and then we were chasing and we gave up goals on the counter when we were chasing the equalizer. But it was the last two matches that have really made me concerned, um, and especially the Torino match, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. The one's a match, you know, scoreless draw but we still created a lot of chances and and that was a game you know we've been playing this kind of blame game as fans right is it most people blaming adl and find you know he certainly has a good chunk maybe the majority of the accountability we've been playing blaming Mazzari, we've been blaming the players personally i think everyone is accountable um but at least in the monza match it was like Okay, we created all of these chances. We had three or four point blank chances, and guys just didn't take them. It's hard to be too critical of Mazzari in that one. But the Torino match was just one of the worst matches I've seen Napoli play in a really long time. From and even if we put aside the second half, because obviously we played most of the second half a man down, but in the first half, we we had no ideas, we were not compact, we were not pressing. Torino was progressing the ball. A team who typically doesn't score a lot of goals were slicing through us with ease, had plenty of chances of their own, and probably the most concerning was just the players did not seem to care that much. At least that's mm-hmm. how it looked watching on TV. Yeah, and it, it, it they didn't care. They looked lackadaisical. They looked like they just didn't want to be there. They looked like they looked like a team that was ready for vacation. And, um, you know, none of them get a vacation, but it's, it's, it was lethargic. It was boring. It was, it was not creative. It was no identity. I mean, Mazzotti wasn't on the touchline. I don't know how much of that is down to Frustalupi. Frustalupi um, was on the sideline because Mazzotti got a red against Monza um, when he was protesting Kvaratskhelia's, uh, I guess, Bondo uh, uh, and Kvaratskhelia, Bondo of Monza, uh, got into it. And um, Di Bello, who was the ref, gave each of them yellows where Bondo should have probably been sent off because of a reckless foul. Mazzari gets in bon- uh, Di Bello's face. He gets a red. And what do you know? Uh, Di Bello is the referee, or he's the VAR technician for the game against Salernitana now too, so there's that to worry about. But I mean, um, you know, I, I don't, I, as far as Mazzari goes, the blame for him to me uh, comes when 
he he came in and decided, you know what? Like we're we're going to try to play Spalletti style, but I think he was so concerned about trying to play Spalletti style and getting the the team back to playing that style that he he maybe forgot that he's got to get these guys head right. Like I'll go back way back, Joe. The blame for me still rests on Rudy Garcia. I know that the root of that is ADL, right? ADL brings in Garcia. Garcia doesn't do what he does. ADL says he wanted to sack him the minute he heard him at the at the unveiling, um, which you know is, is something that he would say to kind of cover his ass. But then he later comes out and takes full blame for everything, which I thought was a little uncharacteristic of him. Maybe it's a ploy. Maybe it's a way to have him still in the good graces of the fans. Uh, and then saying that we're going to splash 60 million euro on four players in the Mercato uh, while also selling a few off, which, you know, Elmas is gone, um, you know, and, and we haven't really replaced him yet. Uh, we bring in Mazzocchi. He gets a red card in the first four minutes of his Napoli debut. Um, <laughs> and is just a, a disaster in that Torino match. Um I think I think that Torino match had to have been rock bottom. I would I, I would also like to go back and touch on the Coppa Italia, Joe, because I, I'm I've got a problem with some people who are all of a sudden prioritizing Coppa Italia, and I get it that we're so far off the Serie A that top four should be a goal at this point or top top four should be what we reach and attain and a, and a trophy would make things better and we probably should have respected that competition a little bit more i'm always for winning a trophy but the vast majority of fans out there that were so upset about being knocked out of Coppa Italia for all of a sudden it's just another thing to blame everybody else about like and I'm more upset. Of course, I'm upset about not being in Coppa Italia, but I'm more upset in the manner of how we were eliminated. Like, you know, we were eliminated to a Cremonese last year who fought, who, who, who clawed their way back, who won on penalties and deserved to go through. Uh, we Obviously, Frosinone deserves to go through too, but we lost embarrassingly to Frosinone. And... All the mistakes Di Lorenzo made, all the mistakes everybody else made. I mean, it was just an embarrassment. So much so that I shut it off at 3-0 and then found out on Twitter, probably from you, that it ended up 4-0. So, like, that's how bad it was. And that, for me, is where I finally realized, okay, this team is in crisis. And then it just got worse and worse, didn't it, Joe? And... Again, like you said, Monza, we had chance after chance. Uh, we also had a few chances against Torino to take the lead. And if I think it was a ball by Raspadori, a shot by Raspadori, if that goes in, we could be talking about a different result, different outcome, what have you. But it, there's clearly something that's not right with this team. It's not falling together. There's something wrong in the back. Maybe it is worse than the mutiny. I'm just glad that even after all this, we're still four points from fifth, five points from fourth. At the end of the day, Champions League is attainable. And then I mentioned fifth because of the whole scenario where if Italy does good in Europe, 
and stays top two in the coefficients for this season, fifth place gets a Champions League spot. So I don't give a crap if it's fourth or fifth. And if we get that fifth spot where, you know, we just got lucky because Italy did good in Euro, I don't care. As long as we get back to the Champions League, I'm fine with it. Uh, I did say in the past that missing out on the Champions League might not be the worst thing in the world, but missing it twice in a row or three times in a row would be. But at this point, after you win a Scudetto to not hit top four, it's it's unacceptable for me. Even Milan backed into the top four last season, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the Torino match was the rock bottom. And I feel like something is going to happen in the Salernitana match coming up. Um, we're at home. They're discounting tickets. It should be another big turnout. For some reason, we're still seeing big turnouts. We're still seeing people dancing and singing in the in the crowd. And that's something else I wanted to bring up to you, Joe. Is despite despite the the crap that we've been through with this club so far this season, people are still showing up to these games and having a good time. It seems like before the game, anyway. And you know, after hearing. You know, uh, um, um, Michele on 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 his show on the uh, Shadow of Vesuvio. It seems to me like people are not throwing as much of a fit as they would if we had been in this situation prior to the Scudetto. So, does the Scudetto of last season sort of soften this blow for you, Joe? Of of such a poor because I uh, my cousin said it, you know. No one ever would have thought Napoli were going to win a Scudetto with ADL ever, ever. That we had hit the ceiling, we sold these guys, it's, it's, it's done, he can't do it, sell the club. Then in season one, he wins that Scudetto, post, you know, Insigne Koulibaly, post the old guard. He wins the Scudetto. And just like everybody didn't think that we would do it, they also didn't think we'd do it in the fashion that we did it, right? If you had told me or anybody, match one, that Napoli were going to win the Scudetto by 16 points and like it's wrapped up by January, the end of January, basically, right? You would think that I'm crazy. But at the same time, that Napoli coming into this season, if you were to say, oh, they might not win the Scudetto, but they'll be competitive. Maybe they missed top four. But but that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing a complete capitulation. I think people would think we're nuts. Half of Europe probably is stunned by what Napoli's doing right now, and it's only with a team that's been together for the most part of like two seasons. Cardoscalia is brand new. We had Kim. We lost Kim. You know, it's it's certain more pieces came in. It, it is the, it is pretty much the same team as last season, but last season was a revamped year too. So like. Did we just get lucky and catch like lightning in a bottle inside of a of a um what's the word I'm looking for of a, of a of a of a re like a regroup season like a like a restart and are we still restarting are we still trying I, I mean I guess my question is like what what is the scudetto of last season making it a little easier to deal with this because if we hadn't won a Scudetto last season and we're doing this now where, you know, we finished second close, but like outside of the top two, outside of top three, and then have this capitulation. Do you think it's kind of softening the blow for some 
I know that there's a lot of people out there that are absolutely losing their mind and end of days are coming. We're getting relegated to Serie B. But at the end of the day, for me, it feels like last year was so great that this year, it could ha- whatever happens this year doesn't matter because of last year. So how do you feel about that? I agree. I, th- I think the club earned some credit and they're using up that credit immediately. Right. right. Maybe the fans are hung over a little bit as well. But I've said it right. Like I I posted this after the Torino match that <clears throat> excuse me, if you said to me two years ago, Napoli are gonna win the scudetto, but they're gonna finish 10th the following season, would you take that? And I, I said take in a heartbeat. My response was where do I sign up? And pretty much everybody who responded agreed with that. So you know. Not that we want to keep harping on last season and get stuck in that mentality and, and be content with how this season is going. We can still be upset about how this season is going while being appreciative of last season. But I do think the club bought some credit with that performance and the fans are are still showing up to support the team and showing them, look, and, and maybe that's a lesson for, for some fans, not everyone, but there, there are some fans I'm seeing a lot of, I'm not watching this team until the end of the season. This team is garbage and all these negative things and maybe it's a lesson to take from the fans who are actually attending matches that as fans we support our club through thick and thin through the ups and downs and we've had a lot of downs and we finally got a really big up but the fans there are still showing up and filling up the stadium for now and we'll see if if the burning continues if the fans keep showing up the one Michele called it a peaceful protest right now right because right. They, they if you remember the fans the fans uh the 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 ultras inter in torino were uh chanting to the to the club to the to the players that went over to to kind of apologize right for the for the awful performance and what they were chanting was we deserve more you know we deserve more we deserve more but like, do we, <laughs> Joe? Like, I know we deserve more than the performances that's on the pitch for sure, hundred percent. But we won a scudetto. That's it. That's the ceiling. Like, like we couldn't. We thought ADL hit a ceiling, and then he actually hits the ceiling, which is the scudetto for a lot of people. Uh, some could argue that he'll win more things, you know, Champions League or like you know. You know, that that's the ultimate, you know, now this new club world cup's coming. If we get to the quarterfinal, we're in that, you know what I mean? And things like that. Or, or, or if we get to the quarterfinal and win a game in the, in the quarterfinal, but, but who knows if that's going to happen at this point, but, but like to a lot of people, to a lot of people, especially in Naples, the Scudetto was the Holy grail, especially one after Diego Maradona is the Holy grail to Napoli fans. And we've reached that. And I know that we've, ha- I know that we have it in our grasp, and we wear it on our jersey, and we have, you know, all these cool memorabilia of Scudetto things, like you know my winter hat that I'm holding up here, right? But, but, um, um, like, it is okay to be upset with how things are going right now, but but for 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 fans to completely lose it and lose it on focusing solely on ADL and his the way he ran this club. Um, yeah, he didn't get it right for the for the first Scudetto, for the first season post-Scudetto. He did not get it right. But who's to say he can't right the ship? Like, we've lost DSs before. We've lost players before. We've lost – we've done this before. Rarely have we done it and finished outside of top six, but we've done it. 
and and it's possible. So I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but there's time. There's time for there's still time in the mercato to make up for it. But like he promised a few players to come in to re, to you know maybe re, you know revamp the defense, you know get get maybe a little bit help in the midfield, and it just seems like everything is falling out of reach after Mazzocchi. So. Where do we stand with that? Like, wh- where do you stand with, uh, you know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. My, what I wanted to ask you first, Joe, was the mistake that, uh, and, you know, he fessed up. And, and I'm very pro-ADL, and I'll admit that, but I'm pro-Napoli, you know what I mean? So, like, ADL is the owner of Napoli, so I will back him as much as I can. You can't back him for this season. He's taken responsibility, so I forgive him for that. I he fessed up, he did it. But now we have to see what he does to fix it, right? You can't just say I'm sorry and then we end up in eleventh, right? With nothing in our hands. So where did the first mistake come in? Was it not signing a proper DS when Juntoli said he wanted to leave back in January? Was it not was it conceding to a release clause for Kim Min Jae? Was it not getting enough depth in getting Kvartskelia, Kim, Politano, Simeone? We we thought the depth was there forever, but now it seems like these guys are not good enough to 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 take the roles, especially in this season. Where was ADL's first mistake, in your opinion? So what I think some people would tell you is that he should have done more to keep Spalletti. Personally, I'm not sold on that. I get no. You know, there were either. reports out there that he just sent them the renewal or exercise the option, which contractually he's allowed to do. Maybe he could have offered a raise. But at the same time, Spalletti also came out and said, you know, sometimes a relationship ends because you have too much love or something like that. I can't remember the exact words, right? Um, I'm willing to put that aside. I don't necessarily blame ADL for not being able to keep Spalletti. Some people, you know, our friends, uh, Frank and Gianluca, actually blame Spalletti for abandoning the team. So that's that's one thing. On Kim, I think there's a lot of misinformation there. I, I see a lot of people talking about how, again, the club should have offered him more money to keep him. We need to understand that if there is a release clause in a contract, that's typically being pushed for by the player and his agent. And that's because like it or not for them, Napoli was a stepping stone. Right. And, and we, you know, we, we think of ourselves as a big club and, and Napoli is certainly a big city, but financially we're not as big as some of these clubs out there, especially in the EPL, right? Like, you know, we'll talk about the Mercato and the Dragosin situation, I never expected him to come to Napoli once mm-hmm. there were links to Tottenham. And then certainly when Bayern Munich got involved. So to me, Kim had a release clause. They paid it. What can you do? If you think, if you're out there thinking just the loss of Kim is what caused this whole collapse, I don't know what to tell you. Personally, I think one player cannot cause you to drop 11 positions or 10 positions, 9 positions, whatever it is. Um, one that I'm starting to kind of buy into more is the appointment of the sporting director. The the tricky thing there is that that was actually after we had already appointed Garcia. So I don't know. It's between those two for me. And the reason I say that, I can't remember one of the Italian journalists kind of put a tweet out there commenting on this, but 
I think Juntoli, while he was a sporting director, in a way he also played the role of, say, a general manager or a technical director. And, and he was a bit of a buffer between the scouting department and the Laurentis and, and had a, knew how to manage up. And now we bring in Mauro Meluso. Nobody really knows what his role is. I think January was supposed to be kind of like the first real test for him because he was hired pretty late in the summer as well. So he didn't really have much of a say in the summer mercato. I like to joke that he's still hitchhiking from Di Mauro and, and like he went to the washroom and came back and said, hey, where did where did everybody go? Because uh, he's, he's really not been that involved. So I, I think I'm starting to buy more into the fact that if we needed a proper DS to to play that role or a general manager, something like that, because what's clear is that De Laurentiis bit off more than he could chew this season. He cannot do everything between being the owner of the club and all that, all the responsibility that that entails, and going to you know meetings with the league. And mind you, he's also a film producer. You know, he's involved in the jerseys with his daughter Valentina. Mm-hmm. He's negotiating the contracts. It just seems like he's taken on way more than he can handle, and and we're starting to feel that. Um, and then the other one for me was the appointment of Garcia, which we kind of talked about before. And that's where, you know, I think the re- one of the reasons I still thought we would certainly be in the top four and, and I thought we'd still be competing for the Scudetto was because the squad had largely been unchanged. You know, a lot of people have been saying, see, we should have reinforced all this stuff. But we had a squad that just destroyed the league. If, it's one thing if we just barely won the league fine reinforce but we obliterated everyone and so to only lose one player i felt like we should be right up there again and to me that just shows the importance of the manager right to go from spalletti to garcia we saw what happened and then now mazzari as well is not really doing much better so if i had to pick one you know it's it's between the ds and the coach i think mm-hmm. yeah um i still i still resent rudy garcia um, I still feel, and I'll die on this hill, man, that Rudy Garcia destroyed this club from the inside out and, um, the lost the locker room. So lost the mentality and Mazzotti just couldn't handle bringing it back. And, and, you know, while yes, at this point in time, you know, Mazzotti, cause we all, we all were ready to give him a pass at, those big games that you mentioned earlier, the Atalanta, Real Madrid, Inter, Juve, right? We were ready to give him a pass for any of that and 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 what have you, right? But then you had the games come up where it just didn't didn't, didn't inspire. Um, you know, the draw to Monza. The we did beat Cagliari, but you know, it's Cagliari. Um we did uh, you know it's just it's not good. It's it's not good. And you know the way we the way we were knocked out of Copa, in my opinion, it all still falls back on Rudy Garcia, and and I'll eternally despise the man for that. Um, but at the same time, you know, you mentioned Mazzotti and and the DS. Uh, there is a lot, you know, like I said, Michele from you know in the show from yesterday from uh, from um, in the shadow mentioned that Juntoli. You know, rumor has it that Juntoli approached ADL with his desire to go to Juventus back in January of 23 and kind of hadn't worked since then. 
Um, and in that time was usually when ADL is searching, looking, just trying to discover a new DS, right? Like, like a, the ADL in the past has been ready with the, with the, with the uh, substitution has been ready with the replacements, right? When Spalletti was hired, boom, right away. Even when Sadi was hired, when Ancelotti was hired, these guys were ready. They were ready to go right away. Players, what have you? The players, we could probably argue, <laughs> you know, that it takes forever to sign. But, but as far as staff goes, he's always been ready. The same is for the DS. Now, what? How much of his inability to create a proper structure after the structure was leaving, you know, falls on the fact that we were also planning Scudetto parties. Scudetto, you know, I I remember we, you know, we, we had to fight to move the game against Salernitana. We won that. We had to fight to move the game against Udinese. We won that. Then we had a big party against Fiorentina, and then obviously the J- June fourth, where you know most of North America was there. You should have been there, Joe. Um, it was great. Uh, it was great in a, a couple things that were not so great, but it it was a good time. It was good to be there. But like all of that was added to what ADL is used to, right? In my opinion, I'll say. It falls onto our inability to defend a Scudetto properly because who else besides Lazio in 2001 have defended a Scudetto outside of the big three, right? It's been literally 22 years. Everyone says 20, you know, 33 years for us. It was 22 since someone besides the top three from the North won a friggin' Scudetto. So, this is new territory for us, right? I, I expected a dip, and I expected other teams to get better, which they did. Inter got better. Juve just missing out on Europe. Juve is doing what they're doing. Um, but not everybody else really got that much better, and Napoli should be there. But, again, this is uncharted to waters, uncharted territories. So could you see ADL rebounding from this? Like, 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 okay, we don't win the Scudetto. We got to get the top four. We got to make a little more money and hopefully attract the players back in. But how much of ADL's mismanagement of this Scudetto and this team show that he can't do it moving forward, right? Are you worried about that? A little bit. I mean, we need to remember, to your point, that this is uncharted territory for De Laurentiis himself. Right. Right. He's not right. ever defended a Scudetto, and certainly we all know of his ego, and winning the league just fueled that ego. But now he has to right the wrong. It is his responsibility at the end of the day to fix this. He owned up to it, as you said. He apologized to the fans. He apologized to all Napolitani people. He said, we're going to bring players in in January. My concern is that so long as Mazzari is the coach, I'm not terribly confident that anyone we sign in January can fix this. And I think this might be a process. You know, think back to the mutiny. It took two to three seasons to recover from that. We spent a couple seasons in the Europa League. We'll see what happens where we finish in the table. But I don't think this is going to be something that's a quick fix. You know, signing, we might not even get Samrotic anymore. But even, you know, if we got a player like that, you know, is is Matsoki and Traore – 
really gonna fix the problems that we have right now. But one thing, you know, you're <laughs> I'll rant a little bit in honor of the rant. Let's say. do it. <clears throat> one thing that that really that frustrates me though is is when I see fans making people who are not goats by any stretch seem like they're goats. And what I'm talking right. about is the praise for guys like Elmas and Lindstrom and Simeone and what is wrong with this club not playing these guys as if they would come in and somehow turn this whole thing around. You could have brought a prime Leo Messi into that Torino match and we still would have lost because right. of the way we played and the mentality and all that stuff. Uh, Lindstrom and Simeone both started against Frosinone and granted we didn't concede goals until after we started bringing the starters on, but we didn't score any goals either. So this idea that, like, I love Simeone. He has a great attitude. He was he played an extremely important role for us last season, coming off the bench and getting some key goals. He did it in the Champions League as well. Right. But let's not act like these guys are superstar players that had we just playing been playing Simeone or giving Elmas more time, that we would have been doing way better. I mean, Elmas was a great option off the bench. He was versatile, could play a lot of positions. But anytime we started him, he didn't really do a whole lot. He was always yeah, better sure. as a substitute, right? So yeah. that's that's a bit of a something that bothers me a little bit when I see it online. We tend to – it's always the guy who's not playing that's that's the best player. Um, right. In terms of De Laurentiis turning it around, we kind of have to wait and see, right? Like, He's, as you said, he's said he's going to spend, or there's been reports that he wants to spend 60 million in January. Bought Matsuki. By the way, yeah, probably the worst debut in the history of the club. But I feel like in that four minutes, Matsuki had more energy than all of the guys that started the match. Right. <laughs> it just right. got a little over it. I actually like the signing. It's not like mm-hmm. I don't like the signing. I think it's a good signing. He just had a bad debut. And who ha- who else has? You know, yeah. Kaiusta had a bad debut. Rachmani had a bad debut. There are other players yeah. out there that had pretty bad debuts. I even think Koulibaly's debut was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, that, that I give a pass to. But... You know, like you said, sixty million coming in, but for who? Like we, you know, yeah. we had the the issue with Samardzic, where or you know, Dragusin, like you said, was never going to come in. You had guys like Tottenham trying to come after him, and we just can't compete with those teams. I'm sorry, everybody who seem to think that we have this in in. Infinite, infinite amount of money sitting there because we want a Scudetto doesn't work like that. It just yeah, doesn't I, work. What like I that. always tell people, and sorry to interrupt, Rafa, is that last season we won the league. We went, we set a record, club record in terms of advancement in the Champions League, and we earned a record profit, at least in the ADL era, right. of 80 million euros. Right. So we're not going to make that much money next season or this season. So, you know, it, there's this idea, like I get, yeah, we could have spent more to renew guys in the summer. That's another fault of that. Yes, it's taking yes, too long yes. to renew guys like Zelinski, yes. Cavada. You know, Cavada is making an entry level salary and he's MVP of the league. Right. Uh, men we did eventually do, but at the same time, you, you can't just, as fans, it's easy for us to spend somebody else's money and it's easy for us to say, ah, oh, we should have just spent more to keep this guy. We should have spent right. more to keep Spalletti. We should have spent more. We should have spent more. We should have spent more. That's just not the model of this club, right? And that's not what got us to Escudato in the first place. Where I think that Osimen renewal is important is not that I think he's going to stay. It's that that is going to guarantee us the funds we need to get by in case we don't qualify for the top 
top four for Champions League, right? That's absolutely 130 absolutely. million in the bank that can still fund some of the work that needs to happen. I mean, what is that? Almost double the the amount that we would get if we made the Champions League, or you know, uh, yeah, you're right, hundred percent. Yeah, right it's, about it's, there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Listen, no one wants to see Osimhen go because of the way you know he has helped us to get to this this point. There are dumb fans out there, not Napoli fans, but dumb Osimhen fans out there that seem to think that he's gone and it's something that we, it, the reason why he's gone is because we're make, we're playing a strategy. We sold Cavani, we sold Higuain, we sold these guys to, and the profits that we made made us better and better and better. So now we finally got our Scudetto with this guy. He's going to go at some point. Cavada will go. We'll have the money to revamp the squad and we will be back. It's not like, like everybody who's, crying because of this and i get it i do who wants to turn on the tv you know at, at 9 a.m or at 6 30 a.m and watch them just completely suck nobody does but you know we're not gonna be relegated we're still in the champions league by some grace of god we could end up in the quarterfinals because barcelona is not doing that as good as you know everybody think that they are um Yes, they're better. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I I seem to think that if we can get a couple of good results, and I think it starts with Salernitana, Joe. It starts with Salernitana. If we can get a few good results come our way in the next few weeks, you know, we have Salernitana, then we go off to the Super Cup. Who knows in the Super Cup? Who knows? We could win that thing. Mazzari has won a trophy before. If we win that thing, maybe that could be another morale boost, you know? The, the, the problem is um, we don't have these reinforcements that we're talking about. Uh, you know, Mazzocchi came in, yeah, but, like, where is the Dragusins? Where is the Samarziches? Where is the, you know, Hamar Traores and, and you know, the, the, the Antonin Baraks? And also, is that really what we need right now? And the only reason why I say that is... If we continue to play the way we're playing, we're short on defenders that are healthy, but also we're building with attackers on the wing and in the midfield. Is Mazzari priming this team to start playing a back three for a possible, inevitable, maybe Antonio Conte for next season? Was he was he asked by De Laurentiis, hey, listen, Let's start. Let's start implementing this three-man back line and figure that out, because you will have Oliveira back soon. You know, uh, Natan is injured, but he's not a long-term injury. He'll be back soon. We'll have a full squad after Afcon. You know, and and I I never want a player to do bad. I always want our players to do good in these tournaments. But for the love of God, I need these guys back home right away, right? Um. Is Mazzari priming? Is he going to with these acquisitions? Is ADL helping Mazzari prime this team for the future to change our model, to change our formation? He could be. I mean, you look at some of the players that we're targeting, and I think Daniel Russo pointed this out online. They're at least with respect to the center backs, they all seem to be guys that are comfortable playing in a in a back three or a back five, however you want to call it. So, and that's one of the tricky things about this mercato as well. We're trying to fill holes that we have now that we need to plug to qualify for Champions League, but we're doing it being mindful of the fact that 
everyone knows Mazzotti is only the caretaker and that he will be replaced at the end of the season. So we need to get guys that are going to fit into the system of the next guy. Whether that's Antonio Conte, I'm not so sure. I know everyone got excited when we saw him at uh, the Stadio Grande Torino there, but my understanding is he lives in Turin and he's actually been yeah. to the stadium quite a few times. But, sure. you know, someone like Paladino also plays a back three. So it could be preparing for someone like that. Who knows? Maybe those, I wouldn't be surprised if De Laurentiis is having conversations with other coaches already. Um, but at this point, I mean, you almost feel like, what do we have to lose? We know that what we have been doing Mazzari trying to replicate Spalletti's 4-3-3 just hasn't been working. I mean, we're not scoring goals. I think five of our last six Serie A matches, only the Cagliari match we scored. You know, Inter, Juve, yeah. Roma, Monza, yeah. um, Torino. Yeah, I forgot Roma. about Roma. I forgot about the Roma game where we lost. <clears throat> yeah, Barcelona in there yeah. as well. Like we're just we're conceding a lot of goals and we're not scoring a lot of goals or any goals for that matter. So you have to change something. I know I just kind of talked about Simeone not being the savior, but that's one thing I would actually change for the Salernitana match. I mean, one of the frustrations I had with the Monza game was that we basically went with the exact same approach, albeit with a couple of changes, as we used against Monza. I mean, Politano came back in, and I think I used to play in midfield or whatever. But like at striker in particular, it was very clear that Raspadori wasn't working. You know, I I get... Mm -hmm. He offers a different type of play. He drops. He becomes a playmaker. But the way we're playing right now, and and in that Torino match, like one of the, you know, I was critical of Cavada for his finishing in the Monza match because he did waste some some really big chances, and he has missed some big chances this season. But he just nobody gave him the ball in the Torino match, so he's not going to do much when he doesn't have much of the ball. And and then Mazzari tried to fix it by having him come more central. But it seemed like we were so predictable. We just always switched the ball around to the right side. Di Lorenzo will overlap or underlap Politano, and then we'll cross the ball into the area. Well, if you're doing that, you need a true nine like Simeone to try to win mm-hmm. some headers if Osimen is not there. You know, a lot of the time in the Torino match, especially in the first half, we were just playing long balls to, to Raspadori. And if we do that right. with Simeone, it's going to be equally unsuccessful. But I'm I'm at a point where... I'm open to changes in formation. I think we were actually going to do that before the Matsuki red card. If you look at the substitutions that right, uh, right, he, right. Yeah. he took out Zielinski yeah. and put in Matsuki. So it seemed like that's what he was gonna about to try doing and just backfired. Um, and I would definitely go with Simeone because Raspadori's had his chances. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's everybody right now is probably suffering mentally just because of the way the season's going. I just hope that we can turn it around because, you know, a lot of me wants to say we should sack Mazzari too. The problem with that, and, uh, you know, I'm curious to know what you think, Raf, is even if we sacked him, like, who do you bring in to be the third manager at this point of the season where we are with everything struggling? I mean, there's names out there, but no one that, that I have a whole uh, great confidence in. No, uh, if, if you were to ask me this question, um, before Mazzari was hired, then I would say Tudor or Conte. And Conte yeah. didn't want to come in midway. Tudor could have been somebody that would have taken care of this club. The thing is, Tudor yeah. wanted a commitment from ADL. And ADL might be in another planet when it comes to this, right? Like I said before, ADL is the type of person that when he sees something's not working, he works on getting that done in a timely manner. 
And, and again, when I say that, I don't mean players. It's so hard for us to get players. It really is. It seems like it seems like you hear one name being, you know, uh, linked to Inter, and then boom, it's done. Or you hear our name being linked to this player, and then here comes Juve and swoops him right in, right? So, so as far as players go, it's very difficult. But when I said, like I said earlier, with the back, with the back office staff, with the with the DS, the director of sport, or with managers, or with whatever. He always seems to have the next idea going, and I really firmly believe the Scudetto distracted him from making those decisions. I don't think he wanted to make these rash decisions in January when we were beating Juve 5-1, Roma 2-1, you know, uh, uh, about to beat Frankfurt in the quarterfinal of the champion, or in the, in the round of 16 to get to the quarterfinal. I think he just wanted Napoli to have their their celebration, and then we'll get to it after. Spalletti, like you mentioned earlier, Spalletti, for me, always wanted the national team job. I don't care who says what. I'm convinced 100%. Spalletti caught wind of Mancini being let go. His contract was over in 26 after the World Cup. Mancini's is, right? But there was heavy rumor around the same time Spalletti won the Scudetto officially with Napoli in May 4, right? There was heavy rumor that if if... If, Mazza, if if Mancini doesn't win the Euro in the summer, then he would be sacked after the Euro. And and Spalletti wanted to take that one year of riposo, go back to his farm and his duck and all that good stuff, his family. Because you did hear Victor Osimhen talk about the sacrifice that Spalletti had to make in order to get the Scudetto. And I praise him for that. And I will never have ill feelings towards Spalletti, ever. Never, never in my entire life. And I was one of the guys that were really pissed that we didn't get a guy like Allegri or a guy with a bigger name. Instead, we got Spalletti. And I was 100% wrong. And I, I thank Spalletti eternally for the, the, the year he gave us, the two years he gave us. Um, and I'll never fault him for wanting to move past winning his Scudetto, going out on top. And going over to the national team when he had the chance to. He got us tattooed on his skin, for Christ's sake. He's so in love with this team. I think we as fans need to reciprocate that and forget about the fact that he wanted to go. Naturally, he asked for more money. Because if he was going to pass up the opportunity to take that national team spot, the money would have made it up for it. And maybe we go into another Scudetto or, or, or challenge properly for a Champions League but going out on top, I'll never be upset with him about. And taking that national team job when Mancini decides to leave early to take a Saudi Arabia $10 million a season, the, the stars aligned for Spalletti to take this national team spot. And I'm a fan of the national team, so I'm happy it was him for, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, rather than anyone else. It's one of those things where the U Toronto guys were happy and Senior went to Toronto. If he's going anywhere, he could come home to Toronto, right? Um that's how I feel about that. As far as as far as who to get for for Mazzari, I think that Con, that Con, first like we said, Conte is not coming in midseason. I think that Tudor ship has sailed. So I, I, at this point, you got to ride this thing out with Walter Mazzari. And I love how a lot of people talk about how bad he is and how bad he was leading up to this. Look at the team he had with Napoli, even though it's not as good as the teams that he had, you know, the teams that we've had since, right? We've obviously moved on and gotten better and better and better. But look at the team he had with Napoli and what he did with those players. 
I was fully on board with Mazzotti coming in. Not only was he a sentimental hire, which I think ADL played that pretty well as well. You know, you're going to be upset with Garcia not working out, Spalletti not coming in. Oh, here's Mazzotti. Oh, it's warm. It's 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 back to the Bay Tempi, right? We 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 won a, we won Coppa Italia against an unbeaten Juventus. We 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 made it to the Champions League with him for the first time. We got to we beat Chelsea in the first game of the round of sixteen with handily. We could have gone to the quarterfinals. We lost to eventual champions in the group stage and in the knockouts. So, like for me, Mazzotti was going to, always going to be a sentimental hire and not one to like take it, take us to the next level. But I was happy to see that he right away said Spalletti's four three three. I will play it. I will, you know, I will respect it. We have to go back to what we had last season, uh, you know, this and that. It's just, it was poorly executed. I think Spalletti, uh, Mazzotti, after leaving, even after he left Napoli in 2013, he went to a very poor Inter, banter error Inter, right? Which ended up, he goes to Watford, you know, they were terrible. He goes to Torino, they did okay with Torino first year, but then he capitulated and then Cagliari and all these other places. I think the game has trans has trans. Uh, tra- I think the game has moved on. I think transcended is the right word. I think the game has left him behind a little bit, but I think that his model can still work because it's working with Inter. It's working with most of the teams in Serie A right now. That three man backline, it's working. So if he could implement that this season to try to get these guys back to top four. Then you know we'll see, but the 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 short answer to my very long winded answer is there's nobody that's going to take Mazzotti's spot, and I see guys like I maybe I won't mention names, but there are guys out there that are in big positions in this field that we do, Joe, that that are like Mazzotti has to go. You got to replace Mazzotti, dude. Do you know how bad that looks for a team that just won the Scudetto being on their third manager inside of a season? That's terrible. Look. It's a terrible look. If we can fix it within with these players coming in and maybe making some shifts, especially while Ossiman is gone. While Ossiman is gone, we could put Raspadori and, you know, uh, Simeone up front with a two-man strike. We could put Kvadaskilia there with with Simeone or even with Raspadori. Either way, we we can tinker with this little – this. we can take this opportunity to tinker this team and – you know, at this point, nobody believes that we're going to get to the Champions League next season. So why not? Why not just go for it, right? Why not just make sure we're set up for the future and see what happens? Uh, I still seem to believe that not all is lost. I am eternally positive. You know that, Joe. You've known me for how long. I will remain positive. I will remain my Rafaism stance. And Champions League is not gone. There are cracks in Bologna's game. I've seen it. You know, as much as I love Thiago Mota and Bologna, there are cracks in Fiorentina's game. There are cracks in Roma's game. There are cracks in Atalanta's game. If we can just get our shit together and penetrate those cracks, we will at least finish fifth and hope to God that we have another season like we had last year with Italian teams in Europe so we can get into that, right? And we get into the Champions League again. Um, One thing I will say about Mazzari and one of his, his strongest characteristics that we all praised him for when he was signed and, of course, in his first stint at Napoli is that if he's good at something, it's motivation, right? Like yeah. his Napoli team that, that was successful, 
was not the most talented squad. Right. But he and knew sticking how to, up for his squad too, Joe. Yeah, he knew how yeah. to motivate the guys. So yeah, I feel like if he can just get them motivated again, as, as difficult of a task as that may be right now, I mean, there's so much crap going on. We didn't even mention the whole Osiman Cavada's agent situation. Oh, but that's a disaster. You know, they're in Retiro. Maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. Who knows? I actually read today that that Laurentis gave them like a three hour reprieve to go see their yeah, family. Yeah, he let them go home that. for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that might have been him extending the olive branch a little bit as well. But if Matsari can just get them motivated again and the perfect match to start doing that is against Lernitana. Plus we're back. So any curse that we might have caused, hopefully we broke actors. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you we know, might need to make this a little more regular. Joe. <laughs> if, we're, if we're if if this is gonna really do it, then we may be we may need to do it. Also to 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 Henry and Michaela, they haven't recorded in a million years, and they finally, you know, we set this up yesterday, and then yesterday I get a a, a text, hey, we're recording today, and I'm like, whoa, what's yeah, happening? Yeah. Something's in the. I even got messages from Ken saying, hey, where can we do something? Like this is. This is where we need to be, right? We need to we need to get we need to get stuff like this going. Um, yeah, you mentioned the Osim and Kavada agent thing. Um, I I can't stand agents at all. Uh, look at look at Samardzic and his. Uh, for everybody who's, uh, I guess, really quick before we go, because I know we're pressed for time. Samardzic thing is not new. It happened with Inter this summer, where he was this close to signing with Inter, and his dad started a fight with them and pulled, and they all pulled out. And now it seems like it's the same thing that's happening with Napoli where we had everything was set to go and boom, they pull out and here comes Juve, you know, and no, nobody's signed them yet. Um, and, and the agents are killing this game, in my opinion. It's it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Those comments were should never have been made in public. They're baseless as well. So I fault Kvada's agent for that. But also, Aussie men... While I can respect his public desire to, you know, respond, because you don't see that from a lot of uh, uh, um, athletes, I guess more and more in the social media era, but like, you don't see it like that. He could have held a little back and made it a little less hostile for when he gets back from from Afcon. You know, he has to deal with you know, Kvadashvili face to face. You know what I mean? And 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 you know, I don't know how close Kvada and his agent are, but like. You know, that's just something that we have to deal with. That's another thing we have to deal with. Speaking of AFCON, you know, we got Osimhen and, and Angisa are out. Um, but also, Salernitana are missing some players too for, to AFCON. Koulibaly are, is in Mali, and then Giovanni Cabral is at Cape Verde. Interesting note, Joe, all four players, when they return from AFCON, are still suspended one match from their previous <laughs> matches. That's right. Uh, it's crazy. They're all – even – and I said it when I when it happened against Roma. I said it. I said these guys are leaving, so they want an extra day off, and they want an extra day when they get back. And when I looked up the notes for this Salernitana game and saw that that's the same thing for Koulibaly and Cabral, I, I was pretty intrigued by that. But they also have injuries, Salernitana. They've got a lot of players that are injured. And um, uh, Dia is out, Cas and he's missing Afcon as well with Senegal. Castanos and Pirola are out. They only have one real midfielder. I think they're going to make shift the midfield. So this is a real opportunity to get three points, to get back into like the the like. Yeah, I don't think they're out of the race, but like in reality, to be in in the top four, it's a good way to start the ritorno. It's 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 a good way to go into the Super Cup. Maybe we can get motivated for that too. And 
you know, I just see, seem like the time is now for us to get back in into the groove of things here. And if, you know, listen, if we finish fourth or fifth, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm completely fine with that. Make a nice little, give it a go in the Champions League. Try to win this Super Cup. I think we can salvage something from the season that will always be marred for their performance in Serie A. But that's that's my two cents. Yeah, I think on the Osimhen Cavada situation, hopefully those two are speaking offline. I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I would think Cavada would have reached out and said, "Hey, man, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't know my agent was gonna say that stuff. Yeah. Whatever, right? It'd be great if he fired him. <laughs> that would be a strong statement. But whatever, that's fine. I, I think Osi, he could have just left it to his agent to respond. Kalenda did respond the next day with the typical uh, politically correct type of statement. And so yeah. that probably would have been better. But we know Osi, he's an emotional guy. And we like when those emotions translate into effort on the pitch and goals. But, you know, sometimes that comes with the occasional red card or or public comment or, you know, the whole TikTok fiasco. But mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, if there's ever a game just to get three points – I mean, Salernitana is at their bottom of the table. I think they have 12 points all season. Right. You know, people in Zaghi, a great player in his day, but has never been able to cut it in, at the Serie A level. So one thing I agree with Mazzotti is at this point, I mean, he's been saying it since he started, you just got to go one game at a time, right? Yeah. We're not looking ahead to anything. Let's just take it one game at a time. Hopefully this Ritiro brought the guys back together and motivated them a little bit. We'll find out soon enough. And there are a lot of similarities between this season and Milan's 1995-96 Scudetto defense in 96-97. Milan finished in 11th place. Now, granted, there are 18 teams, four less matches, but it was a three-point era. So we're still not as bad as the Milan from 96-97 in, in when it comes to title defenses. I mean, we did have a poor one in 91 after we, you know, after we won that last Scudetto that we won. Maradona was dealing with a lot of stuff, I, you know, and, and we had it most of the season, but like uh, you saw the big, the big drop off there to eighth place. Um, but again, that was in a different era, two points, 16 teams, or no, I think at that point it was 18, but, but we're still not the worst <laughs> defended defense of a Scudetto just yet. Uh, four or five more losses and we'll be there. But that Milan team were like six points out of, relegation literally like they 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 did not do well similar things happened where they went in with a new manager after this after the season was over and um Arrigo Saki had to come back and and uh take the reins for the rest of the season like like very very similar things happened a lot of like like maybe one player left at that point but not a lot of players were gone it was a very similar situation so it has happened before it, can, it these things can happen um but Joe, I, I'm, we're going to end it there because I know you got to go. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming in with me, for reaching out, for 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 getting us off our asses and 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 back to the airways. Um, um, closing arguments, closing closing statements. How do you feel? You gotta, anything yeah, you no, want to say to the fans that are panicking? What what do you got? Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a big calma. We're still here, you know. Even if you and I are are not, I mean, you're you're on the airwaves a lot still. I'm not, but we're still around. If anyone, you know, speaking about the therapy, my DMs are open. If people want to chat, a lot Damn. of people have my number from when I uh, I did an episode on getting people to send voice notes after the school, which was like ages <laughs> ago. But feel free to reach out. I still talk to a lot of people about Napoli and happy to 
I, I tend to never get too high and never get too low. And I think I'm, I'm a little bit uh, unique in that regard when it comes to Napoli fans, because we're such a passionate fan base, but I'm accessible if you need to reach out quick plug, actually, um, you mentioned, you know, you had recorded a couple episodes that you never published. I wrote a piece. I've been still writing occasionally just to stay connected a little bit. And I wrote a piece a few weeks ago that breaks down, uh, you know, how these coefficients work for yes, fifth place in the Champions League, the FIFA Club World Cup, because it's complicated stuff. It's not easy to find information on this stuff. I just never hit publish because every week we got further and further away from the top of the table. But maybe I'll put that out there because the reality is, and, and maybe a good way to end it on a high note is just to echo what you said earlier, that we're still only five points behind top four with half a season to go. A lot can still happen. I think we've been fortunate. This has probably been... It's, it's almost like everyone's competing to not finish top four with right. all of right. these teams, Fiorentina, Roma, Atalanta, us, Bologna, now even Torino in the mix, but everybody's been dropping points that uh, I think it's still very much up in the air. If we can just get a couple of results and build some momentum, we're definitely not out of it, even though it probably feels like we are. Uh, but I'll leave it there, Rafa. Always a pleasure talking to you. This was so much fun. I I, I guess you can say I scratched an itch that that I, yeah. When you stop doing it, you can't believe how hard it is, man. I mean, you've been there, but when you're accustomed to doing at least one, often two pods a week, and you stop, as as great as it has been to spend time with the family, and that's invaluable time. You know, I think about it a lot. So this this was a great way to uh, to get something off my chest. Well, you're always welcome back in with me here on the uh, Noi Tifiamo Napoli podcast. That's what we're calling it these days. I'm under the Far From Vesuvius uh, network umbrella, um, he is Joe Fischetti, at Joe underscore Fischetti5, who is still very, very active on X. So please, like he said, reach out to him. Uh, I would love to see that publication. I know the ins and outs of it. You mentioned my my recordings I never put out. In those recordings, I attempted to do the same. And I think a lot of my editing was based around that. And it was um, just impossible for me to put out. Plus, like you said, there were a lot of other things going on. But the, the simple fact remains, like you said, we're, at, we're still in top five. We're still in the Champions League. We still have a chance to qualify for those big time club world cup that's coming up. Uh, and, and um, you know, it's, it's attainable. It's, it's, we still have a trophy to, to, to get to. There are still goals that we can set and, and, and attain. We started last season off with a goal of top four after everybody left and just get to the champions league. And we'll see from there. And what happened? We changed our goal to the Scudetto as we saw fit. Now this season we tried to do, you know, a repeat, we tried to get to top four. Now I think the goals have to change as it always does mid-season. And we just need to set those small goals and achieve those things. That will be okay. But thanks again, Joe, for you coming in here on our 300th episode on Far From Vesuvius. I'm Rafa Rispo, and you guys have fun watching. Nine o'clock in the morning, Saturday, got moved to Saturday from Sunday because of us being out of Coppa Italia and having to go to Saudi Arabia for the Super Cup. So it's Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, Napoli, Salernitana. Enjoy it, Joe. Enjoy it, everybody else. And as always, Forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre.